Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's game four and the Virginia Cavaliers opened up their ACC campaign hosting North Carolina State Warpack here at Scott Stadium on Friday. Hear what the Ballhawk has to say about this preview. What the Cavaliers have to look for, what they need to do to be successful, and some key players for NC State. Also, some familiar faces from NC State. Make sure you get your popcorn ready and get a glass of shut the hell up juice because we ready to serve right now. It's the Ballhawk Show. Let's go. What up, what up, what up, though? Ballhawk show. Look at me. What about me would make you think that I care about your opinion of me? Your opinion of me is not the opinion that I have of myself. You ain't make me, so you can't break me. You didn't build me, so you can't kill me. I, I, you know what? God, God established me, so you ain't nothing you can do to me. I've been him. I've been a difference maker, a game changer. I've been that guy. So what would change? Not a darn thing. I'm not even playing the game, and you got an opinion of me. I love it, but I don't care. And I wish the world thought like that. Youngsters, if you're out there right now, do not give a darn what opinion people have of you. long as that opinion is not consistent of that of yourself, you be you. I'm not paying to make you feel good about me. I already feel good about me. I'm good. Message for the youngsters out there and the oldest, old school. Now... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Taking y'all back with this one right here. Yeah, feel me? What up, 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 do? Ha! Welcome to the Ballhawk Show. I just feel like somebody's watching me. You feel what I'm saying? And I just had to play Rockwell because I mean, we used to be in the skating rink in the 757, and this would come on. You feel me? Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm just an average man. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I pay the price. All I want is to be left alone in my average home. But why do I always feel like I'm in the twilight zone? And I always feel like somebody's watching me. Oh, I always feel like somebody's watching me. I just feel like somebody watching me right now, man. You just got to make sure you're ready. You just never know who's watching you, ladies and gentlemen. You just never, you never, you never, you never, you never know. And if they're watching you, I mean, well, the reason. Why are you watching me so closely? You know what I'm saying? That's it. Basketball we we, we here. We here. Preview NC State, man. It's the Ballhawk Show. I'm your host of my Hawks, man. Appreciate you for tapping in. If you're a North Carolina State Wolfpack fan, you here. Unbiased preview right here. No compromise, no homerism, none of that. We get right down to it. We really breaking down what you have offensively, defensively, special team wise, coaching wise. Hey. You hate me now. But I won't stop now. Because I can't stop now. I mean, it's just something, man. You know, if this is your first time listening, man, I love music. And sometimes 
if if something in my head, I'm gonna play the song. You know what I'm saying? And something on my spirit, I just gotta play it. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like I had to play. You can hate me now, and I won't stop now because I can't stop now. You know, shout out to Nas and, and Puff Daddy. But let's get right into it, man. This episode is sponsored by Aber Insurance. Go to Aber Insurance for all your insurance needs. That's home, business, auto, life insurance. The great people at Able. Here we go, man. The Wolfpack. This game has been circled for one particular player on the Wolfpack. We're talking about record setting. Brendan Armstrong. B.A. is back. <laughs> Shout out to B.A., man. That's my guy. I know he, he, he on the enemy side. He wearing red. I like the color red, by the way. But we in blue. But salute to Brendan Armstrong. What he did at this university for five years was phenomenal. 15 different records that can't be ignored, that can't be dismissed. It is what it is. And you know the type of quarterbacks we had at university. For him to uh, hold 15 records, it's dope, man. So salute to, salute to B.A. And I know he, you know, he want to right the wrongs. The last time he said versus Pitt, he got booed. He threw the pick 12. Something we had never seen before, back-to-back pick sixes. Quick, fast, and hurry. Night, like no drop passes in between. But pick, touchdown. Come out, throw again, pick, touchdown. By two different DBs on the same side. Like, yeah, that's what happened. So, he, he got a circle. He excited. He's a competitor, ultra, ultra competitor. Um, coaching now returns. Who's offensive coordinator here? You know, um, you know. I know people like to joking for throwing to tackle eligible play that he threw to Bobby versus uh, Virginia Tech. But what we can't dismiss is everywhere he goes is high powered offenses. Now, right now, NC State doesn't have a high powered offense. As you know, like Syracuse showed the first couple of games where he was the offensive coordinator, but you know they still averaging four hundred and two yards a game, thirty one points a game, <clears throat> one hundred seventy five point. Yo, not when you when you start running the ball like that, one hundred seventy five yards a game. Man, let me go back and see. I know, like twenty eighteen. UVA probably averaged that much, cause cause Jordan Ellis and and uh, Bryce Perkins. But let me go check. Man, when the last time our offense went? And, and I know we. I'm looking at total like total season numbers, so that ain't fair compared to three games they played. But all right, all right. Offense averaged 162 in 2020. Hey, the office average 100. What? Really? Oh, I'm thinking of 21. That's what, that's why I said that. Then 21, how many yards the average rushing? 123. Let's see. 2019. 121. Let's see 2018. That's Jordan Ellis' 1,000-yard season. We averaged 172 for the entire year. Right now, they average 175. We averaged 172. Rushing 211 passing that year. Right now, they are averaging 226 passing. How about his very first season? When it was 2 and 10. How many yards rushing? 113. Average 239. Then the second year, it was 6 and 7. We averaged 93 yards rushing that year, 248 yards passing. 
Defensively, gave up 165 yards through the air and then 199.3 rushing. So basically 200 yards rushing the game. Right now, the Wahoos on defense, giving up 42 points a game, 451 yards a game, 191 yards a game, and 260 yards passing the game. Uh, NC State's defense gives up 22 yards a game, 115. What? 115 total. Oh, that's right. Because they, I mean, they they crushed VMI, but 115 yards a game, 115 yards rushing the game, and 191 passing. Um, because what did they give up versus Notre Dame? I know Sam threw like five touchdown passes or four touchdown passes. What do you guys do against Notre Dame? And before I get in depth, um, how many yards did they give up that game? Because I know VMI, they 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 smacked them. They took care of what they had to take care of that game. Is this us or them? They got to be us. I mean, not us, but I'm sorry, NC State. Uh, Notre Dame gained 286 yards passing and 170 rushing. UConn uh, gained 160 on the ground, and then VMI only gained 15. VMI gained 15 yards and then 176 yards. UConn only gained 113 yards through the air. So their pass defense is legit. And when I looked at them on film, they bring a lot of pressure. They're not afraid to bring six. I don't know what they saw with VMI, but they brought six a lot, five and six. They play a three-three-five defense. Um, they got a lot of speed. Uh, one of the, I think, to me, their best defender is um, one of their uh, will linebacker, Peyton Wilson, number eleven. He was all ACC in twenty twenty. Very good size, six foot four, two hundred thirty eight pounds. He runs like a safety. He he's good. Watch number eleven. He's he is actually phenomenal. <laughs> that joker could play. Um, up front, uh, Devin Van, number one, their left end. And sometimes he might bump to the nose because they play that 3 3 5. So when they bring a linebacker up, he'll bump into the three technique. And one on one with a guard, he does very well rushing the passer. So we have to make sure we identify with number one. Both of them, like they, their defense, can, they could play. They fast, opportunistic. Um, if they get a pick, they're looking to score. Robert Kelly had a pick six versus VMI. He actually transferred from ODU. So uh, defensively, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be, we're gonna have our hands full. We're gonna have our hands full because they feel fast. You got to get a push because they backers see ball hit ball. They really a wolf pack on defense. I'm not gonna lie, they are a wolf pack. You gonna see red a lot of it. Now Notre Dame has some success. Because in the three three five, you really got guys up front that can get after it. You could be successful versus the three three five, because it's it's more speed than anything. So if you get a hat on hat drive, back has good vision, you could pop it. You get to the second level and get up on them safeties quick. But eleven is, is special. Peyton is special. So keep an eye on eleven. Make sure you identify it. Well, well one is they're challenging the outside. They play man to man. They play some press. They mix some zone in. Um, if you motion, anytime we motion cross formation, be prepared for them to trigger. 
They may trigger right to wherever you motion to, they might trigger. But if you motion to the boundary, they definitely going to trigger from the field. They will pick up on tendencies. So we got to be very creative in how we attack them. And if something's working, you got to make them stop you. So it's just one of the things that I think this is a winnable game, but that their defense is very good. Our offense has been explosive early, or we have points in the game to where we are explosive and then we have lulls. So we got to get out of having those lulls. Like I want consistent scoring each quarter. Like we, you, you have to score a touchdown each quarter versus this team. Because a nice offense, as much as people joke the offense, it's still explosive as far as schematically what they try to do to a defense. Now, can their offensive line lose protection? Yes. And five could get out. We know five could get out. We know Brendan Armstrong is very good improvising. So this game, you you got to keep him in the pocket. Now, here is the here's the thing with Coach Rudd and and Anai. I went back and I watched the Syracuse game. We did a lot of different things, some exotic looks, move guys around, um, zone on one side with corners, man on the other. But we're leaving guys on the island to play one-on-one. That's the difference. Like, as much as I was excited about how Coach Rudd attacked Anai's offense last year when he was at Q's, we don't have the same personnel, so I have to be fair. He doesn't, he doesn't have the same personnel as well. Like, Brendan's a better quarterback than that quarterback they had last year, even though he was looking good earlier in the year. Just his ability to process information. We've seen what Brendan can do. Like, if Brendan was with Syracuse, that offense went even better. Like, that quarterback just couldn't process things as well. So, Coach Rudd did a very good, a phenomenal job of confusing him and then playing to the strengths of what he had on defense. Um, so, this year, NC State has some young guys at receiver. Their top receivers are uh, a true first year, uh, Concepcion. And if we can just correlate to the personnel we had for years here, it's similar to when Billy Kent was here because he's not averaging a lot of yards. I think he's averaging um, less than 10 yards a catch. Let me see if I can pull up his stats. But um, he has 122 yards receiving on 16 catches. So that's 7.6 yards per catch. They want to get him the ball in space. He's leading the team, averaging 40 yards receiving. Um, the next leading receiver, as far as catches, is Porter Rooks. He has eight catches, 92 yards. He averages 11.5. Now, the guy that's in second as far as yards is Julian Gray. He has six catches for 102. He's a big play guy, averaging 18 yards per catch. And we know a Nas offense is a big play offense. They're going to motion, do a lot of window dressing to try to identify coverage, try to identify the strength of the defense. Uh, going to try to get Brennan in space. It'll be some empty, be some 11 personnel. That's one back, one tight end. The one thing I know UVA fans are trying to bank on, and NC State fans you know, I don't know if you saw this yet, but he can go away from the run. So it's just one of the things that will not go away from the run game and fall in love with the passing game. And it looks like he hasn't this year. <laughs> it looks like he hasn't. Versus um, 
UConn, they ran the ball 46 times. Versus Notre Dame, they ran the ball 30 times. Versus VMI, they ran the ball 45 times. Now, factor in that Brendan Armstrong is the leading rusher. So, let me see how many rushes he got because when he scrambles and stuff. So, Brendan has 37 carries. He had 19 carries versus UConn. Jordan Houston had 13. They're running back. Then he had 12 carries versus um, Notre Dame. Jordan Houston had seven, which was second. And then versus VMI, he had six. And Kendrick Raphael had 16 carries. So VMI was the only game that Brendan Armstrong didn't lead the team in rushing attempts and yards. He was actually second in yards versus VMI. He had 39 yards. No, he was actually third because Michael Allen had 47 yards. So as you can see, there's some quarterback design runs and then, and, and then there's some improvisation. You got to watch five. 37 carries, 161 yards, three touchdowns. Jordan Houston has 25 carries for 96 yards. Kendra Raphael has 19 carries for 92 yards. Michael Allen has 11 carries for 81 yards. So five is going to lead the way. He's going to lead the way. I mean, they practiced against him, but it was in a different system. Averaging 4.4 yards a carry. Houston averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Raphael averaging 4.8. Allen is averaging 7.4. So on a year, they have 527 yards rushing, 4.4 yards per rush. So I'm I'm just going to be really paying attention to see when is coaching not gonna stop running the ball? <laughs> I'm 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 telling you, that's gonna be my first thing. And if you coach now, you come out here trying to run the ball, and I'll give it to you when we had Jordan Ellis, you really running the ball. But I need you to turn to the to the to the Dr. Bob I know. Fall in love with the passing game. Fall in love with the passing game. But then again, I know we done have some issues versus smash concept and sale concept, high low, our corners playing short zone, taking away the deep. Coming up the rally for the short. When you play cover four, that used to be one thing you could play against Brendan because he'll get impatient, in my opinion. You play cover four. Y'all remember the Friday night game versus NC State a couple years ago who had that record-breaking year? They played cover four. They was like, we're going to play deep zone. See if you could throw it to the flat consistently. Are you going to be impatient? Are you going to be greedy? So... I want to see what their their DBs can do versus our receivers one-on-one. I feel like it's going to be a lot of one-on-one. I feel like whether it's Calandria. So if Calandria start, I feel like they're really going to rush him because he's a young guy. I feel like if Tony play, they definitely going to rush because he's been beat up. They just going to want to hit him. I really feel like they're going to treat us like VMI. I ain't going to lie to you. They're going to treat us like VMI. If you if you, if you could go, like go on YouTube and watch the VMI, Hey, they hunted that joker down. That quarterback was seeing ghosts. They was getting out of him. And I really feel like they're going to test our offensive line. I know last week, total 180, y'all did a very good job protecting Calandra, moved Stevens to center, moved Furness to right guard. And that's where their strength is at. Their left end is going to be on Nana. Their best defensive lineman, it's going to be on Nana. 
And then when they bring extra pressure, he's going to bump in and be on Ty Furness. I'm just telling you. He played left end. Y'all right there where he at. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And Lord help us if they take if they take 11 and put them on Nana. And then you got, got uh, Van on Furness. That's going to be a matchup. Though. Not saying these gentlemen can't do their job. But as a football guy, being totally unbiased, if I'm their defensive coordinator, I lay them one. Y'all lining up to on our left side, and we hunting on them two. Bowley been doing better, but then even Bowley, you know, he he, he can give us a speed rush. Uh, I'm telling you, don't be surprised. You see 11 and 1 on the left side, and we had to use an H. You better help. They're going to bring pressure. They're going to hunt. Why wouldn't they hunt us? Why would you sit back? I know you could rush three and feel like you can get home. I feel like we can we can control if they just send three and then they have eight in coverage. And now you're trying to see if the quarterbacks can read through the zones, fit those windows. Like I feel like that will be a detriment because if you want to really sit back and not really send somebody, then do we have some inside delays? for the backs to really get up on those backers. Do we have any type of slip screens and things like that? But they're very aggressive. They're going to blitz. They blitz Notre Dame. They're going to come after you. Offensively, man, they're going to attack us in the middle of the field. And that's why I feel like sometimes we really struggle because we leave our safeties on the island. They're going to attack the middle of the field. And I was here, he attacked the middle of the field. You know, they love to run the seams, bang eights, they're going to attack the middle of the field. Then they'll pump and try something vertical down the field, whether it's daggers, whether it's a pogo, post-corner post, Dino routes. Like, if you give them time, they'll start to get funky with you on the outside, on the on the edges. But the middle of the field, say hello, because five won't throw to the middle of the field. Yeah, he been doing it this year, right in the seams. Three receivers to one side, seam. And he going to run around. And he think he know y'all. <laughs> Hell, I know he, he, he licking his chops. He's like, this ain't the same. Oh, uh, guys, I'm telling you guys, <laughs> that's what we do. He going to be excited. He going to be excited to be back in Scott Stadium, man. He really is. He ain't forgot y'all booing him. And, and rightfully so. You throw two big sixes back to back, you going to get booed. But as a competitor, you taking it to heart. Like, yeah, I show you trick or two. It's like blood sport. When when John Claude Van Damme took his hand and hit the brick. Ah! And Buddy got mad with the gold toothuses. And when he was about to fight, he pointed at John Claude. I show you trick or two. John Claude beat the hell out of that dude. He beat him quick. Pop, pop, pop. Knocked his gold tooth out. The little dude, the little janitor guy, the custodial engineer came in there, wiped the blood up and took the tooth because it was real gold. Go watch the movie. I show you trick or two at the go to. Remember, Jean Clark took the took the uh, coin out of his hand and switched it to get the the female reporter. Remember, they was they about to fight. He said, "Hey, if I could take this coin out of your hand, I get the girl." Go watch Blood Sport. Y'all don't watch Blood. You don't know nobody on Jean Clark. Ah! Jean Clark hit you with the ah. 
Ah. Bruce Lee had a war. He had a ah. And then Jay Chappelle had a ah. I'm Rick James. <laughs> but uh, keys to the game for the Wahoos, man. You got to. I know Coach Ben. Oh, not Coach Bennett. Help me. The other Tony. Coach Elliott. Always talks about complimentary football. Shout out to the Sabre. It was, uh, oh, I forgot your handle, brother. I'm sorry, but made a great point about like being balanced because when I broke down the Merlin game, we were balanced in the first half, right? Um, it was like 14 total plays and seven runs and 14 total, 15 total plays and eight runs. And in the second half, uh, which was our second most productive yard, yard had, uh, quarter, think we ran like 20 something plays but like seven runs but we had a hundred something yards it's like the first quarter we had a hundred something yards and their their rebuttal was like yeah it looks good on paper that we're balanced but are we being cognizant of trying to be balanced meaning if we're moving the ball through the air and we're being successful does the offensive coordinator look and be like oh we done threw the ball four times I gotta run the ball at least two times in a row now so we can stay balanced. And I thought that was a great point. Because you can utilize a short passing game to be an extension of the run game. We saw Dr. Bob do that here plenty of times. As much as people was like, yo, we got to run the ball, we got to run the ball. But if you're throwing arrow routes, mesh routes, swing routes, quick using quick game, that's like running the football. Because it's quick, boom, boom, it's making the lineman go sideline to sideline. You get into the playmaker's hands versus just saying, all right, I have to run the ball because people want me to run the ball. Sometimes it's all about a flow. It really is about a flow. And it just depends on what took place on the other side of the ball as well. As much as folks used to love how that offense, that record break offense would score quick and put points on the board, think about how the defense who y'all deem as trash can juice was always on the field. So it didn't matter how much or how fast our defense scored if they wasn't given the proper time to assess their performance or to or get that rest because teams would go 12 and 14 plays and score. Even if it was just three, they would score, and then boom, our offense scoring four plays. Then that defense that everybody said was trash can juice would score again. They'd be like, man, our defense, they just got to get a stop right here. And I'm like, How? They ain't got no win, and they ain't had no time to really adjust because them three plays happened in less than a minute. So sometimes I understand what the coaching staff is talking about with complimentary football. It's like allowing the other side to have adequate time to really adjust. And, and defenses, it takes them longer to come together collectively and see the formations and go over the tendencies because each coach is really breaking it down versus the offense. Man, offense, like you dictate so much, bro. Like you pick up on like what's going on. Like a receiver can really tell a quarterback, hey, yo, they giving me this look, man. Let's run this. And then you say, all right, we're going to do this with the protection versus the defense. It's like, what are they giving you on the back end? Everybody has to be on the same page. And that's the one thing I see this year in the secondary. We don't communicate as well. I really, I feel like all five of the DBs, I don't feel like they all communicate as one. It's almost like it's clicks. It's like, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Hey, what we doing? Man, I'm going to just make sure I do my job versus understanding collectively 
this is the coverage, this is the front, ooh, this is the formation. Hey, we might want to run this because their tendencies is this. This is what we talked about during the week. Film study, this is what this, or my gut is telling me through my film study, hey, I may want to protect this. And you better know that with a nah. Because he can tip off what he's going to do sometimes. Now, granted, I'm an older guy. I watch a lot of film. I understand some of his tendencies by, I could tell you if we if he get like the 40-yard line, the ball in his ass, he's probably going to run this, these route concepts. It's probably an 80% chance he's going to run it. Now, it all depends on the read uh, uh, based off like what route they're going to run. Because a lot of the routes, they're going to read the coverage. The guy's going to come off very under control. And the, and the corn and the receiver and the quarterback got to be on the same pace, and then sometimes it's just called. So, Anah has his tendencies as any offensive coordinator can have his tendencies, but at the same time, it really don't matter what we see and what the coach sees. It's all about what the player sees, and you can provide the players with all the tools to be successful. But it's no, it's nothing like when those lights come on, and now you gotta tap into those tools where you get so caught up in the fray that you just fry and you just do your own thing. Because we see a lot of times guys understand what's coming, but when the ball snaps, it's like something just freeze. And it's like, oh, let me me get out of this trance. And when you're facing a mobile quarterback like five, it's tough. You got to scramble drills. You got to clamp, grab, Get to the receiver and then peek back once you got control of that hip. Don't fall asleep back there. Do your job. Guys up front, rally to the football. Stay in your, stay in your rush lanes. If we got free rushes this week, you better pack your lunch when it comes to sacking this cat. And when he tuck it, he, he runs strong and he got some wiggle. He'll give you a little dead leg, but he's going to try to run through you. He's going to dive, he's going to inch, he's going to claw, and he'll cough it up too. Now, you also got to understand, if you hit five, just try to punch the ball out. We, I mean, we've seen over the years here, he'll, <coughs> he'll cough it up. He'll throw you a here pick. Here, take it. But he also, when he get out on that edge, let it fly, and it be a dime, a dot. You almost got to treat him, and I ain't saying he him. But you remember years ago when we came close to beating Louisville here at Scott Stadium, how Bronco attacked Lamar Jackson and said, if you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me in the pocket with your arm. What happens if we just mirror Brendan and we get to the depth, his depth, and then we start to collapse the pocket, meaning squeeze him in, make him feel like he has to climb and a backer's right there coming up to the A gaps, like, I mean, the B gaps, like, we here. And the guys on the back end just got to hold up. You got to hold up way. This game to me is a 50-50 game. I know, um, what's NC State? Like a nine-point favorite, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I understand why. Um, as much as our offense has improved each game, in my opinion, it still hasn't finished yet. In the fourth quarter, we've been trash can juice as far as how we execute. I'm not lying to you. The number, like, numbers with context. You know, I'm, I, I'm that guy. Like, I just don't throw numbers out there. But we trash can't use in the fourth quarter. Ain't no getting around it. We don't. We don't score. 
We don't do nothing. All we do is spin records in the fourth quarter. We don't do nothing. We're like a DJ. We're just watching. Three points in the fourth quarter. 47-3. Everybody finished. We just let somebody come sit beside us and just take our food. You gonna eat your cornbread. That's what they do to us in the fourth quarter. You gonna eat your cornbread. Third quarter, we fight. We neck and neck in the third quarter for the season. 28 to 28. Fourth quarter, you gonna eat your cornbread. They take it. First quarter, we outscored by 10. Second quarter, outscored by 11. Tie for the third. And that's what that JMU when we scored 21. And then we scored, you know, the Tennessee game too. But the fourth, no mas. We got to finish. You got to learn how to win. When you're losing, you got to learn how to win. You got to learn. You got to learn. Shout out to Coach 2J in the offensive line, I think. Uh, NC State is going to have a young guy starting that center, I believe. The juggernaut, welcome him to the to the ACC, man. Beat him up, juggernaut. Juggernaut. Beat him up. But they got some talent. They got some speed on offense. Oh, my God, I almost forgot. Their return game, best in the ACC. Kick return, punt return, and we just gave up a kickoff return. But... They special teams, they special. Our special teams, it ain't politically correct to say what I was going to say because I was going to say we special also, but you can't make it seem like it's a joke. But, like, you got special in a good way, then you got a special, and you need some help, like an IEP, a 504, you need accommodation. We need accommodations. Ain't nothing wrong with need accommodations because accommodations is just meeting you where you at. So we need somebody to meet our special teams where we at because we special in that in that sense, and I'm not joking. I'm just saying, like, we ain't been that good. So we need some accommodations. We're going to need to adjust. They special when they really, 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 really good. They currently boast the ACC top kick returner and the ACC's top punt returner. Sophomore receiver Julian Gray leads the ACC in kick return average 33.3 yards per return. That's number eight in the FBS. Last season, he was 26 in the FBS, averaging 23.8. That was third in the league. And then receiver Jalen Coit is first in his first year as a punt returner, ranks number one in the ACC, averaging 10 yards of return, and that's number 10 in the FBS. Oh, my gosh. Hey, yo, kick the ball out of bounds. Don't, 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 mm-mm. nope. Hey, yo, Daniel. Miyagi Dojo, kick the ball out of, kick it far than out of bounds. Marine, kick it out of bounds. We ain't doing this. Mm-mm. We ain't taking no chances. What? No. Mm-mm. No. Back-to-back games of giving up a special team touchdown was a block, block punt, giving up a kickoff return. Uh-uh. Don't give them no chances. Even versus Notre Dame, they was kicking to their punt return. Punt return doing a good job. No. We got enough we got to worry about. No. No. Uh-uh. Kick it out of bounds. Line up. Concede. Ain't nothing wrong with conceding sometimes. Concede. And um, I'm pretty sure their defense feel like they, they know our offense because Kitchens was their offensive coordinator at one time. So the, the head coach feel like he know Kitchens. So, and we feel like we know a nah. You feel me? <laughs> if we feel like we know a nah, they feel like they know us. It's all about who gonna execute. Right now, they got their defense better than our defense right now. How they performing? 
They got more dudes. They got more wolves. They out there hunting. Looking at that Syracuse game last year, boy. That hey, defense. Get back to see ball, hit ball. <laughs> be confident in what you do. I don't care who's starting that corner. Be confident in what you're doing and do it. Don't no double moves. No taking the bait on smash concept. You see a hitch in front of you and you got short zone and number two going vertical. Slough off. Go to the dead zone. Make five, throw it to the hitch. Rally. Believe in your tackling. Yes. Another thing. Got to tackle. Unacceptable. Got to tackle. Last year, open field, them corners was tackling. Gucci man, tackling. Fincher Cypress, tackling. Now, one thing I can say, Malcolm, you could tackle. Cohen, you could tackle. Two, three, they be on you saying you can't tackle. You might miss some tackles every now and then, but then you make some tackles. Just come tackle. Get them off of you. Stop telling, letting them say you can't tackle, Kyle. Come on, Tay. Tay K. Mm, come tackle. Jonas, you've been tackling. Harrod, be, be confident in what you see. Talk. If Langston playing, we know three going to come down. See ball, hit ball. <laughs> Josh, see ball, hit ball. Stevie, see ball, hit ball. James, Jackson, see ball, Get to the damn ball because you athletic as hell. Cam Robinson, see ball, hit ball, youngster. Chico, hunt. Aaron, hunt from Hawaii. Jameer, juggernaut. Hunt, Cam, do what you do, man. Do what you do. Go effortlessly get the quarterback with your motor. We got to get him. Got to get five. You got to get five. Telling you. That made me think of another song. You know, when it come to fire and this wolf pack, we got to do a little bit of, we got, we, we just, we got to do a little bit of straightening, man. If we want to win, we got to straighten up on defense. We got to. This song is appropriate, man. What we got to do? Yeah. Yeah. We got straighten it. We good. That's what we got to do on defense. Yeah, and it's the perfect team to do it against. Old OC, old offensive line coach, old quarterback. Get back to the old defense from last year, baby. Tell all the hard little hawkamaniacs to go eat their vitamins, brother. And then the macho man, ooh, yeah. Go talk to Elizabeth. Leg drop these fools. Elbow off the top ropes. All we could do to people's elbow, finally. Coach Rudd's defense has come back to Charlottesville. Whatever you got to do to get it right, we got to get right versus the Wolfpack. That's it, man. It's almost 40 minutes. Appreciate y'all for rocking out. If you haven't, subscribe to the Ballhawk Show podcast right here on Believe or on iTunes or on Spotify. On Spotify, let me know what you thought about this episode. If you're a Wolfpack fan, let me know what you think. Wolfpack fans, show up again because I'm going to recap the game. Win or loss. Let me know. Let me know what you thought about my breakdown of your team. Do you feel like I did not talk about something I should have talked about about your team? Let me know. It's the Ballhawk Show, man. 
I always feel like somebody's watching me. And I got no privacy. We out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.